0: What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. If you are planning to birth in a hospital setting, this episode is for you. If there's one thing that I feel like parents as a whole are generally undereducated about, it is what happens right after birth with their sweet little baby. I'm here today with Haley. She is an incredible nurse who is going to give us the lowdown on what the nurse does when they are taking care of your baby for those first couple hours after birth. There's way more to it than you think. So tune in and let's get a little more educated together.
1: Working as a well-baby, newborn nursery, registered nurse, occasionally going to the NICU, which I have been loving. (laughs)
0: Amazing. You will be amazing when you full-time transition there.
1: Thank you. It's nerve-wracking, but it's so exciting. love the tiny little babes. I know. Um, I have been in this position for a little over a year. Okay. And... I actually had like the weirdest transition to this job because okay. like I started off like most nursing students to CNA and like assisted living, long term mm-hmm. care, rehab, mm-hmm. and then I got my LPN and worked at a county jail.
0: Oh no way! Yeah, <laughs> What a plot
1: twist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I always joke that I went from like the big babies to the little oh, cute but babies. For real <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. I've You've seen, seen so <laughs> many things at the jail, and then just like a complete 180 Seriously. in the hospital with these little babies. That's amazing. So,
0: so you LPN, and then in nursing school, you kind of decided like <laughs> jail and elderly care is not my niche. Like yes. I want to go somewhere else. Yes. So, how did you kind of like find your love for babies? Was it always there? Did you think you always liked that, or was it through like clinical work?
1: Um. So actually, when I was little, I would always tell my mom that I wanted to be a baby nurse. Oh, like that's I'm to okay. take care of the babies. And then as I got older, I was like, I am awful at science. Like, there's no way I'm getting through nursing school. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, not for me. Like, 100% going to fail. Like, I will kill people. And so I was a history major. (laughs) Yeah. And then another 180. (laughs) I was like, hate, like, I love history. Did not want to do teaching. Teaching. Like,
0: lesson plans. Yeah, I'm like, what are the options with history? Yeah. So I was
1: like, my dream job would be, like, a museum curator if I had gone oh, into history, cool. but I was yeah. like, that's, like, one in a million it feels like, and yeah. so Hopefully. I was like, okay, history's not for me, it's just, like, a hobby. A hobby. Yeah. Love that. And then my husband is a history major, like, his degree is in oh, history, really? so it's just, like, <laughs> <amazing>. so funny. <laughs> but um, I changed to nursing, because one of my best friends and roommates was in a nursing program, and okay. she would tell me about her clinicals, and I was like, I want to do that. So switched thought I was going to be an ER nurse and then I got to clinical and I was like okay don't really love the ER like it's okay mm-hmm. but I don't want to be here and yeah. I was like but these babies like, You're I, like I, just I can't, can't get them. away from them seriously so like anything I could do during clinical to get to the babies I would do it <laughs> I love it that's
0: amazing and your program kind of helped you reach those goals you told me they like
1: filtered you into all the baby clinicals yeah there was one day I was in same day surgery and I hated it I was like this is boring you can only see so many hysterectomies in one day (laughs) and I was like this is awful so at lunch my clinical coordinator was like come with me like we're gonna go see if we can find you somewhere else and I was like sweet lovely I don't even care where I go And she walked me up to the NICU, and she asked like the unit coordinator, she's like, "Can you take her?" She's like, "Oh yeah, like I've had her before. She's great. Like come on in." Oh and normally gosh. they're like, "No, like yeah, not like, NICU." For like, real though, they're so picky so, about letting yeah.
0: students in, and like will deny you anytime they don't have to let you in. Right? That's amazing. So,
1: yeah, it was it was exciting, and I was like, "Oh, I feel like an insider." <laughs> no, but
0: for real, they're like, "We love this girl," which probably helped you get the job you have now.
1: I like to think it does.
0: Yeah, for real. But, so tell us about your job now. And kind of what you do, because I feel like where you are is such a pivotal point of education for so many new parents that come yes. to the hospital that, like, really does never get touched on. Right. And it leaves so many people just, like, in the unknown. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, because usually your job doesn't involve necessarily, like, very sick babies. Right. But it still is so nice to be informed. When you can be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so educate us, please.
1: Yes. And I feel like my job is like severely underrated and undereducated on. Totally. So that's one thing that my hospital likes to make sure that, like, we go in, we introduce ourselves. We're like, I'm like, going to be a baby's nurse. This is what I'm going to do during your delivery and after so that parents know. Mm-hmm. So basically, in most hospitals, I would be considered a transition nurse. In yes. my hospital, I'm just dedicated baby. I do baby the whole time. Yeah, and which it's, is amazing. Awesome. Yes, I love my hospital for that reason. Yeah, for real. But so I'm there at delivery. Um one time my husband asked me to poorly explain my job and I was like I stare at vaginas until babies come out. <laughs> Like that is my Us job. Is every labor <laughs> deliver and delivery nurse. Yes. <laughs>
0: We're like, we constantly
1: just watch and wait. Yep. <laughs> like, crowning. Okay, good. We got, we got a lot of hair. No, not kind of a bald <laughs> baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Darn it. <laughs> but, so I go to delivery and I just wait until a baby's born. Obviously, like, the L&D nurse needs something and, like, the scrub tech's not in there or the doctor needs something, I'll run and grab it. Mm-hmm. If there's, like, a shoulder dystocia, I'm the one to grab the stool to, like, Love it. get them up there. Okay. But once baby's out, I am there just for baby. So I am, like, right there. Baby's normally pla- placed on mom's abdomen or chest, depending on how long the umbilical cord is, mm-hmm. how far it can reach. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, like, drying and stimulating baby, and I'm the mean one that's making the baby cry. And mom's like, oh, don't cry. I'm like, no, no, no. We want them I to like, cry. Good.
0: So, yes, please explain, like, stimulation. Yes. I feel like so many parents are startled mm-hmm. with, like, us rubbing the baby with a right. blanket and all these things, but it has a purpose.
1: Yes. So when babies are born, they need help opening up their little air sacs in their lungs, their alveoli, and we want them to just scream to open it up. When they don't, we have to basically force air down into their lungs to open them up. So if we don't have to take them away from mom, that's our goal, and that's why we're sitting there rubbing them, and parents are like, you're hurting them. Like, no, they don't like it, but it's not hurting them. We're doing it for their benefit. So we'll rub their back really hard. We'll rub their feet because they hate their feet being rubbed. (laughs) Doing anything
0: you can to pretty piss this baby off. (laughs) Yes.
1: Um, We do have moms that are like, leave as much vernix on as possible. So we try to be conscious of that and respectful of their wishes, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, it's their baby. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And vernix is the white stuff on the baby's skin, for those that
1: don't know. Yes, it develops and protects their (laughs) their skin. The younger the baby is gestationally, usually the more they have, the Mm -hmm. older the less they have. When babies come out and they have a lot of it, we say they're cheesy. Yeah, we love it. We Little just ruin foods for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but for real. But, so we just sit there and stimulate drying baby off. If mom wants us to like completely clean baby off, we will. Um, if everything's going good, we just do a set of vitals right there on mom's chest. Leave baby skin to skin unless mom has requested baby to be taken away, wrapped, cleaned up, all that good stuff.
0: Okay, love that. So when you're taking vitals, mm-hmm. explain what that is.
1: So we listen to their heart and lungs, listen to respiratory rate and heart rate, make sure that their lung sounds are semi-clear. A lot of babies don't come out with clear lung sounds, so they yes. have a lot of crackles just from fluid in their lungs. Mm-hmm. So they've been floating around in a nice little hot tub, and totally. sometimes they get a nice big gulp of that amniotic fluid, <laughs> yes. and they got to work it out. So if they can work it out on their own, that's what we like, and we're just like constantly listening, making sure heart rate's excuse me (laughs) heart rate's good um and that their respiratory effort is not over the top they're not struggling um and if they are we just leave them there we check their temperature make sure they're not too hot too cold um and just kind of go from there if we notice anything off then we normally be like okay mom are you okay if i take baby over to the warmer i'm just gonna look at them for a second make sure everything's good, or, like, they need a little bit of help breathing, I'm just going to give them some oxygen, try to keep them in the loop without terrifying the parents. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Which I always talk about that, like, there's a fine balance Yes. of informing and keeping enough information that it doesn't, like, stress them out. Right. Because, you, like, you could take baby to warmer, and they're fine 30 seconds later. Right. You know, like, they need a tiny bit of suction Yeah. to, like, clean their lungs out just a teeny bit, and they're fine. Yeah. You know? Or it could be like they need more intervention, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you can inform after the fact and continue to educate as you go. Right. But um, I love that you like have the conversation from the beginning, and you Mm -hmm. say like, "Hey, I'm going to take them to the warmer to check this, and I'll keep you in the loop." Yeah. That's so amazing. from a nursing standpoint, I'm grateful for nurses like you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's actually something that I try to make a priority because someone close to me, a family member, had a baby. Um like two years ago and the dad was telling me that he was super scared at delivery because they had to take the baby over and do like deep suction and he was like he wasn't breathing like just totally freaked out and I was like this is actually really common and it's sad that they didn't tell you like this is normal like once we get it out it'll help his lungs they didn't educate Yes. them and the mom was like I was so out of it like I had no idea I what really was going know. on <laughs> yeah. and I'm like been there I get it um but the dad was like really freaked out about yeah. this and so I was like okay like I'm gonna make it a priority that they're in the loop and they're not just like what is going on yeah so I feel like that just creates unnecessary fear, and
0: fear yeah and anxiety and like it breeds these traumatic birth experiences mm-hmm. when Really, you know, it doesn't have to become like a trauma if you just have a conversation, Mm -hmm. which I love that. Um, So when it comes to like baby, you're watching their vitals, all these things. I, when I had my first baby, I Mm -hmm. didn't realize how like easily a baby's temperature could fluctuate. Right. So let's go through maybe some warming, like, what's the word? Warming techniques that Mm -hmm. a mom could use to, like, naturally keep baby thermoregulated.
1: My number one favorite, and I think most of the nurses I work with like this the best, is just skin to skin. Mm -hmm. So keep baby in their diaper with their hat on, skin to skin with mom, pull her gown back over, her shirt, whatever, and then just blankets over. Um, Keeping baby covered, no exposed skin really is Mm -hmm. the goal. But Mm -hmm. women's breast tissue is, like, the most insane thing. And it will heat and cool baby as needed. Amazing. It's so I'm like, women are literally superheroes. But right, <laughs> like you have superpowers.
0: Like you build a human, and then you literally, after that point, do everything, and your body just magically like, right, does what it needs. It's like so it'll heat and cool it. Alive. It'll
1: <laughs> provide sustenance yeah, for it. Like crazy, it's insane. So that's like my favorite fact to tell moms. I'm like you're cool like yeah, you're really you're cool, really cool. <laughs> yeah. so actually I worked last night and had a delivery early this morning and baby was cold and I was like hey we're just gonna do skin to skin like keep him covered but like just skin to skin you're gonna warm this baby up yeah. and she was like what what if, what if what if I make her too hot and I was like you won't
0: Like you will be fine yeah yeah
1: and so that's my number one amazing If they're, like, super, super cold and not warming up, then we will normally take them over to the warmer, they just, like, sunbathe, basically, Mm -hmm. and they love it. They're little lizards. Yeah, literally. They're like, leave this hot light on (laughs) me, please. They're like, don't touch me. (laughs) Leave me be. (laughs) I am content. For real. And... Um, I'm sure every hospital has different policies on that, but we just get them warmed up and then leave them there for a little bit to make sure that they're keeping it up. Mm-hmm. And then every nurse is different on what they like to do, but we have, like, little T-shirts that we take from the warmer, put baby in that. If they're really cold, we'll get, like, a NICU outfit just to – Love it. Yeah. <laughs> or ask parents, like, do you have an outfit you want to put baby in? Mm-hmm. And then I put a warm blanket, like, folded in the middle of the swaddles, and then I swaddle baby up. So there's two swaddles That's around it and idea. the blanket on the back just to –
0: just to keep them toasty. Yeah. I love that. I've never thought of that.
1: Yeah, really. Do a lot. A little I mean, life. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um, and I think it's also important to talk about the fact that, like, temperature can also kind of regulate how the baby is going to feed. Right. I think that is something that is often misunderstood, too. People will mm-hmm. be like, oh, wow, like, my baby doesn't want to eat. But there are always so many other factors that go yes. into that that I feel like are not educated on right so let's maybe open the conversation about that a little bit um skin to skin number Mm -hmm. one i think as baby warms up and is on mom's chest the likelihood of them wanting to eat increases yes would you agree (laughs) yes they do
1: the lovely cute little milk crawl Mm -hmm. although they'll just start like moving their head to find wherever the milk is that they can smell and moms that haven't seen it before and like don't know about it like what is going on yeah, like they're like
0: why is my baby like
1: <laughs> like moving around like forget- <laughs> <that>? <laughs> like they're not supposed to be able to move their head like that and i'm like i know but they do yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, so they do. they'll just move themselves to breast and want to start eating because if a baby's cold they're they're uncomfortable if a baby's hot they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. so finding that like perfect little slice of heaven for them they're going to be calmer and more willing to latch if you're breastfeeding Or if you're bottle feeding, they're going to be more willing to just take the bottle because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're not upset and
0: Which I also think is important to recognize that, like, obviously when people are breastfeeding, they more naturally can be skin-to-skin because Mm -hmm. you're holding the baby right there. But, like, you can also do skin-to-skin when you bottle feed. Yes. And, like, encourage that baby to, like, want to eat and be close to you Mm. and get that bonding moment even when you're doing a bottle. Yes. Which I just... I feel like so many women, if they make the decision not to breastfeed or, like, for some various other reason, they cannot breastfeed, mm-hmm. and it's, like, so devastating for them because they feel like they'll never bond with their baby right. and they never get that skin-to-skin time and all these things, but, like, you can do the same, right? right. Just pretend that, like, your boob is the bottle and there you right. go, you know? Right,
1: and it's kind of like, to me, I'm like, it's the same thing as, like, we encourage dads to do skin-to-skin they're not their nipples are useless
0: <laughs> yeah come on
1: <laughs> so it's like for whatever reason if you're bottle feeding you can still do skin to skin just like dad does skin to skin you just got to take the time to get in the position and but like when you're bottle feeding you just don't think about it a lot mm-hmm. of the times you're like oh i'm just gonna stick the bottle in the baby's mouth
0: yeah Call it like good. Hope I eat. yeah so what would you do as an intervention if the baby does not warm up like what happens next
1: So, typically, if they're cold, we'll check a blood sugar first, because if they're low, it's a good indication. Um, We'll go from there. If it's low, we'll give them glucose gel, so just straight sugar gel, Uh (laughs) and then have them either breastfeed, or if parents are okay with it, we have, like, higher calorie formula that we like to give them to depending on how low it is. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're never going to like force a bottle. Like you're the yeah. parent. You make the decision. Yes. This is my medical advice. Yes. But you decide. Mm-hmm. Um, and see if feeding them and getting their blood sugar back up will help get their temperature up. If it, they're consistently cold, um, each doctor is different that I work with mm-hmm. on how many cold temps and like in how long they're cold for but eventually they'll end up going to the NICU if they're not warming up. And they'll go in a little isolate with just warm air circulating around them. They just lay in there in their diaper as well, Mm -hmm. which feels, like, very backwards. You're like, no, you want to warm the baby up. Yeah. But But, you're
0: like, no, this is the best. Yes. (laughs)
1: Like, if you wrap up the baby and get them all dressed in those isolates, they're going to roast. Yeah, yeah, they will not be okay. (laughs) Yes. So so that's what we try to avoid. I have a lot of parents who are like, wait, you're going to keep my baby how long to warm him up? I'm like, this is going to be... So you can keep your baby longer, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're long like, run?
0: Long run, this will be worth it. I'm yes. Promise. I'm
1: like, we want to keep baby out of NICU. Mm. As much as I love my little NICU babies, <laughs> I don't love sending them to yes. the NICU. Like,
0: I never want you to, like, actually end up there. But when you do, I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> i like, I will care for you all the same.
1: But so, yeah, it's just a lot of different things. And once they're in NICU, they constantly are checking their temperature, have a little probe on their belly. And everything's very controlled. And if hmm. they need, they'll do fluids, dextra, de- dextrose. <laughs> I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. And probably because you
0: worked a night shift at only 2 o'clock, girl. I'm like,
1: why are you here? This is normal right for here. me. <laughs> I'm like, four hours of sleep, let's go. But, you know, they'll just run a bunch of different things. They'll do... Like blood cultures, CBCs, just to check to see if there's any infection. Because babies are opposite of adults. When we get infections, our, fi- er, our temperature, temperature spikes. <laughs> we have a fever, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> I'm going to need a lot of editing. Yeah, we're it. We are trying. Um, babies get cold. Mm-hmm. So when they've been consistently cold, that's normally like the first thing the doctor would say Did you check a blood sugar? And then let's get a culture. Like, okay, do you want a CDC, too? Like, the, do you want a full blood panel, basically?
0: Yes, and you're like, I'm poking on I might as well get it. Yes. Because you're probably going to ask for it in six hours anyway. <laughs> right,
1: right. And some doctors are like, no, we're fine. And I'm like, the blood culture takes days to come back. Yes, yeah. Like, the CDC is going to tell you yeah. a lot more, a lot quicker. Yeah. But others are like, yeah, just do it all. And then we have a better picture. work up on the baby and yeah. what you
0: could be looking at. Yep. Which is awesome. Um, I feel like that's so not unique but kind of unique in that those doctors and you as a nurse are like so proactive for your patient Mm -hmm. just I can tell by the way you're talking about it which is so incredible to like know that you're walking into a room with a nurse that really has your best interests at heart and is Mm -hmm. going to like go the extra mile to Mm -hmm. keep you healthy and your baby healthy and like even though from a parent standpoint you might not understand everything right like you the baby nurse know what you're doing and you're going to take care of their baby Mm -hmm. and like that's just so calming <laughs> to know, <laughs> you know, you've had a baby, you know, right. what it's like when you walk in there and like, you're so vulnerable, you yeah. just like gave birth, this is like the baby you've waited so long for, and when something goes wrong, it's really, really nerve-wracking. Yeah, it is. And so I think just, you know, understanding as many of the little pieces as you can, just mm-hmm. like, can send you in with a little more peace of mind, right. you know?
1: Right, and I think understanding those little pieces is big for the nurse because then we can educate exactly i'm I'm always trying to educate and being a mom myself having gone through it i'm like i've been here like my baby had to do phototherapy for jaundice my baby had to get blood sugars like little problem child, want to eat. Like, like, I get it, mom. He just wanted to, like, make you go through what the school you are the baby nurse for. Right, I'm like, I can relate to so much now. (laughs) Not everything, but... But almost.
0: (laughs) I feel like, also, I just remember one of, like, the other... Not misunderstood, but things that I always got the most pushback on as the nurse Mm -hmm. was when we would offer to do the baby medications. Right. Which I feel like there is a lot of lack of education on that. I Mm -hmm. know that a lot of hospitals hand out the pamphlets about what they are, but like you either are in labor or just had the baby, like Mm -hmm. you're not reading the pamphlet about the med, but like you're kinda nervous because Mm -hmm. your baby's gonna get a shot or like what is this goopy stuff on their eyes? Right. So walk us through baby meds and kind of why you do them if, like, what you would recommend to a person who has Mm -hmm. reservations about them and, like, what you would educate.
1: Right. So uh, at my hospital, we do three meds. I feel like they're pretty standard Mm -hmm. at most hospitals. We do the hepatitis B vaccine, vitamin K, which is another shot, and then the erythromycin ointment in the baby's eyes. So the hepatitis B vaccine, some people say, well, my baby's not going to be having unprotected sex using IV drugs, Mm -hmm. like, things like that. Which I get. No one wants their child to do that. Like, Absolutely. no one has their baby thinking you're going to be a drug user. Yes, yes. I mean, ever. What one of my coworkers was like, just think about it. Like, you see those kids at like Walmart at the park, and they're just like running around picking up stuff, licking it. Like, you <laughs> never know what your kids gonna find. Real. She's like, that's why. And she doesn't have any kids, but she's like, when I have kids, that's why I'm gonna yeah. do the hepatitis B shot because you never know. Totally though. And. For some parents, they're like, okay, yes, like, that makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Like, kids are disgusting. The world is disgusting. Like, let's just be proactive, I guess. Yes. Other people are like, I'm still not sure, like, I want to talk to the pediatrician, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like, talk to them. I'm not going to judge you one way or another. Yeah. I highly recommend doing it. But that's up to them. Like, up
0: to you. Yeah. And, like, no judgment. And, like, whatever your preference, no judgment. Like,
1: Really? I'm like, I'll poke baby. I won't poke baby. Yeah. Like, all as well, um, but it is one of the immunizations that's required for school. So yeah. if you're gonna, you
0: know, so if you're gonna go to school,
1: you might as well do it now. Yeah, get it done. They won't remember right now. Yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like they don't remember anything, which is nice. Kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, they're so sad. I'm like I know, but they won't remember. Yeah, you're like they'll be happy in two hours. I promise. Yeah, I'm like in 30 <laughs> seconds they'll calm down. <laughs> like, but so that's the first one that we do, and then the vitamin K shot. Babies don't aren't born with the clotting factors like we are so they're just super immature with like everything <laughs>
0: they just come
1: on. i know i'm of. like if we gave them like a couple more weeks would this be better but
0: but could we be pregnant for a I know, right?
1: <laughs> like no one wants that um i don't know like how accurate this is i keep saying i'm gonna look it up but somebody told me the longer a baby stays in like 41 42 weeks they start going backwards in like gestation so then they're more like 38 37 weeks i need to look huh. it up
0: so I've never heard that. Don't curious. quote me on that. Just because, like, my only my only logic that I could see where they would say the baby goes backwards would just be like, the longer the baby is in utero, the older the placenta gets. Right. So, like the like more likely for it to kind of poop out at the end. Yeah. You know. That's my my thought the baby too. Kind of like, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know the research behind it. We'll look it up. I know. We'll oh, get more my... educated. We'll figure it out <laughs> together.
1: But. um so, yes, vitamin K helps with blood clotting. So important. You never okay. know what's going to happen. Obviously, no one wants to drop a baby. No one wants their baby to have all these issues. Again, yes. preventative or being cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, at my hospital, if parents refuse vitamin K, the pediatrician ca- has to come in and talk to them, mm-hmm. explain why it's so important, yeah. and then have them sign a consent form that like the Same pediatrician has to witness. I can't be a nurse. Wow. And they're like, it's a serious thing yeah, for us yeah. um, just because we don't want anything to go wrong Absolutely, have any issues in a baby bleeding out because they can't clot. Mm-hmm. So I would say like over 99% of people get the vitamin K shot. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, yes. Um, especially little boys because if you want a circumcision.
0: Yes. And no, you're, for real.
1: Yeah, you need vitamin K and you need blood clotting because yeah, yeah. circumcisions are actually so gruesome. I know. <laughs> I know
0: i have watched both my sons and luckily i mean they numb them they yes do not they feel take anything, care of them um, but
1: watching them you're just like
0: yeah it's an intense little procedure yes you yeah and the recovery just looking at it you're like oh my gosh that has yeah. to hurt so bad yeah
1: i'm like luckily they take care of them they're yes. fine. They don't yes. remember it. That's like. It's true. As a mom, they don't remember it. They don't remember it. They don't <laughs> remember it. Just keep telling it. yourself that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry little man that I did this to you. Like, they don't. you won't remember <laughs> it. Like, you'll be thankful in the long run, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but so
0: beneficial to have had like vitamin K in that yes. situation. Because any little procedure, mm-hmm. you know, that where they're going to bleed, it right. can help them stop bleeding appropriately.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So any little nick, scratch, mm-hmm. you never know how deep it's going to go. Yeah. So, just like to
0: be proactive.
1: Yes. And just educate. Again, if you're not going to get it, I won't judge you. That's no, no, up just to you.
0: Inform you to make yes. your own educated decision. Yes. yes.
1: And then the erythromycin ointment is just antibiotic ointment that we put on baby's eyes to make sure that it kills anything that might have gotten in the eyes during delivery from the vaginal canal doctor's hands just everywhere you know uh, they're wearing sterile gloves but you just never know yeah i'm like i'd rather put this ointment on a baby's eyes for 30 seconds than risk them going blind from whatever Whatever. (laughs) especially if they like had a meconium delivery where they've pooped in utero Mm -hmm. and that stuff is gross and can like stain their skin so I'm like I only imagine what's in their eyes
0: but for real <laughs> and
1: a lot of parents are like well I don't like don't want it to stay goopy and you really only have to have it on for like 20 to 30 seconds so I'll put it on and then I'll do the other shots and then I wipe it off and parents are like oh they look so good like you didn't just leave it and I'm like I, I don't need like, to I don't so to. like it does yeah. its
0: job in a couple seconds
1: yeah it's just really nice so those are the three meds that we do and just do it for baby's benefit
0: I love that and I think again just so important to be educated on the subject because Mm. i feel like in my own experience i received more pushback than i thought i would truthfully Mm -hmm. about them just and i obviously came into it from a more educated standpoint right i understood the reasons behind it and like why we offer them and why we're being proactive yeah but when you know that you haven't had that conversation it really can be kind of a scary thing where you're like why are you asking me to like these medications in my brand right.
1: new baby right it's know? like they don't need it and mm-hmm. they just don't understand and we're like why don't you get it like what's yes. they're not Your to nursing get nursing
0: brain is like come on and i'm like, like this
1: makes sense yes. like come on people yes. but it's just again making sure that they're educated because yes. we're so educated as nurses yes. in our specific fields like you send me to any adult floor and i'm like i don't know like, i have no idea oh like, <laughs> my I don't, I don't yes. know what meds, like, I have an idea of what the l nurses use <laughs> for Vermont, like, L&D I don't know. Then, yeah. But just making sure that I'm sharing my knowledge with them so yes. that they can make whatever decision they feel is best. Yes.
0: And I know you've said it like 12 times, but like from this podcast, from any standpoint, I think it's so also like so important to say like everyone has the autonomy to make their own decision. Mm-hmm. And if you're ever in a medical situation where you're feeling pressured into doing something like... You as the patient have the right to say no.
1: Right, you do. Yeah, and
0: do when you feel the need to. Like, yes, no pressure ever should be felt from the nursing or exactly. like the doctor standpoint. And like, if you feel that way, seriously stand up for yourself. Because yes, you advocate like, for yourself. Yes, I'm like don't let that dumb nurse
1: <laughs> right <laughs> <I> mean <laughs> right and like. Don't let the dumb doctor, like whoever, like there should be someone in your corner, whether it's a nurse, it's a doctor, it's a CNA, a scrub tech, whoever it is, like someone needs to be advocating for you. And sometimes it's really hard as a healthcare worker because you're like, I don't want to stand up to a doctor. Like they're a doctor, a nurse.
0: (laughs) I remember, this was actually during my capstone, I capstoned on like the mother baby floor Mm -hmm. in the postpartum and anapartum on the hospital I was at. And I remember there was one room that I was in that this doctor came in probably on three different occasions to talk about birth control with this patient. Yeah. And this patient was very vocal in her first interaction that she would not be going on birth control anytime soon. Like, she just didn't want to. Yeah. They were going to do their thing and it was going to be fine. And this doctor seriously came in, like, three different times to have the same conversation. And I was just, like, obviously I was, like, still, like, a student, just, like, is this appropriate like what is right. happening like I don't even understand and I just remember the patient was wonderful and continued to advocate for herself and was just like look I'm good like thank mm-hmm. you for informing me thank you for educating me like but I'm fine you know but yeah. this doctor was just so hell-bent on her like taking the advice yes that it made for a very unhealthy environment and like relationship moving forward you know And yeah. every time the doctor came in after that she was like of on guard because yeah. she wasn't sure what he was gonna say or like you know it, it made it's for a very uncomfortable situation
1: yeah I and bet. it was
0: just like oh if you ever find yourself in that position like just don't be afraid to advocate for yourself
1: seriously like it's your body your baby Yes, like you get to make decisions yes. and other people don't make them for you mm-hmm. but i think a lot of the times people are like, oh, well, like, they're the healthcare provider, they're the nurse, they know better than me, like, they're more educated on this subject matter, like, I'll just do whatever they want, even though it's not what the patient yeah. wants, yeah and which makes me so sad.
0: Yeah, no, me too, which is why I think that, like, having someone like you on to educate about all these things that they may be presented with after birth to make decisions about, like, mm-hmm. is so important and so valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, is there, what other things do you do in your job that you feel like people don't really know that much about
1: i don't know i mean like after delivery baby's good we go in for the first couple hours and just monitor baby really closely make sure they're transitioning to life well Mm -hmm. um and then after that we just kind of like every shift change we'll do a head-to-toe assessment on baby get our baseline just like every other nurse on every other floor does Mm -hmm. with their patients um we watch their weight pretty closely weigh them at least once a day make sure they're not losing too much weight they're getting enough milk from mom or they're eating enough from the bottle whatever Mm -hmm. the feeding plan is um we check their jaundice levels watch those closely as well because a lot of people don't know once the jaundice levels get up to a certain point it can cause brain damage Mm. so that's why hospitals and doctors are like, "We well, gotta check the jaundice levels. I gotta check yeah. the jaundice levels." That's why
0: your poor little baby's foot gets poked.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. So we use um, what we call a TCB. We just like flash their forehead. Mm-hmm. It gives us a number. If it's even like close to being above a certain number. We'll poke their heel, do a little blood draw, which a lot of parents don't realize that's how we do blood draws mm-hmm. on babies. Mm-hmm. Poke their heel, kind of. I always tell them, I'm like, kind of milk it like an udder. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: you do. You just kind of like squeeze, yeah. it and squeeze it.
1: And, they, and the baby
0: will probably cry and yes.
1: cry. And I'm always meaning, I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep crying. It helps your blood flow, yes, exactly, <laughs> and please. then we get done quicker, and you can be happier yes. sooner. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we check that, and then if we need to, we'll start phototherapy lights, and which is really common as well. A lot of mm-hmm. parents are like is my baby broken no your baby's not broken and it's it's so normal and it's because babies are born with immature livers Mm -hmm. so their livers can't filter out the bilirubin that our bodies filter out for us every day like Like, yeah it's just a normal thing for us not normal for them yeah so it just builds up causes them to go yellow and sometimes they look like little highlighters and we love that (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: and the lights Can you explain kind of the physiology behind, like, what the light does to help the bilirubin break down?
1: I don't know, like, exact, like, specifics. My coworker and I were looking into it, because we had a baby, one of the shifts I was in the NICU, we had a baby um, under lights, and the parents were like, what does the light do? Mm -hmm. And it breaks down the red blood cells, so that then the body can process them and get it out through poop. Yeah. Basically. Yes. That's the gist of it. I don't know, like... I know, How but like, works. I don't know, like, the
0: real science. Yeah. Kind of really <laughs> like,
1: like, the sunlight does the same thing.
0: Yeah. So if so. your baby is kind of looking yellow when they get home, put him in front of the window for a little bit in yep. the sunshine. Yeah,
1: and our discharge teaching, we always tell them, like, 10 minutes on the front, 10 minutes on the back, just in their diaper, sunny spot in your house. Yeah, it's perfect. Yes.
0: And I think also, just like you said, it's important, like, another thing that we watch as nurses when the baby before they go home is the poops and the pees. Yes. And, like, the poops are so important because mm-hmm. they are, like, indicating to us that they're breaking down that bilirubin and yes. really, like, their body is filtering out all those things that it needs to to keep them heading a healthy direction. Right. You know, and so when a baby isn't pooping and peeing and doctors and nurses seem a little concerned about that, mm. like, that's where it's coming from. It's mm-hmm. coming from a place of, you know, their babies Or the body might just not be functioning like we want it yet to and Mm -hmm. so like this is what might need to happen intervention wise like putting the lights on Mm -hmm. or you know i don't know educating that that is why we're thinking of these interventions rather
1: than just like yes
0: oh your baby's jaundice we're gonna put them under lights right it's like what's jaundice you know like yeah you know letting
1: them know why it is um how it builds up there's so many reasons that baby get john babies get jaundice too because they're immature lovers but like if a baby had a rough delivery and has some bruising, That's usually we're like, yeah, this baby's probably going to need some phototherapy Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. because they have that buildup of blood cells cells. Mm -hmm. from the bruising. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, if we're like, this baby has pooped once, like, we need it to poop more, he's probably going to go on lights. Like, you just get used to things and start to notice trends. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I like to tell parents when their baby is uh, under the phototherapy lights, a brain right now, I can definitely tell I worked tonight my gym. <laughs> um, <She's> is, <laughs> If mom's breastfeeding, I always tell them like, try to breastfeed on both sides and then to help just get baby to poop and get everything worked out, top them off with some formula or pumped breast milk, whatever it is. Um, just make sure that they're getting they're enough. they really Yes. Cause then they'll poop more. Yeah. And a lot of moms are like, well, like, no, like, I just want to breastfeed, which I totally get in support. Yes. But explaining why we want them to mm-hmm. fill their bellies, get their bowels moving, mm-hmm. get all that bilirubin it's, out. It's,
0: breastfeeding is hard work when yes. they're little. And it takes yes. a minute to get the hang of it.
1: It does. Which
0: I also think is another thing that a lot of people go into very undereducated. Yes. I, myself, my first baby... I was like, oh, I've had sisters that breastfed, like, mm-hmm. I've worked on the postpartum floor, like, I know how to breastfeed, we'll be right. fine. And then, like, no, it was a horrible experience for the yeah. first 48 hours, and, like, you know, I realized there was so much I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I came into this thinking, like, no, like, my body makes milk, it's a natural thing, like, this mm-hmm. will be natural. Yeah. You know, and while it is, like, biologically natural for you to produce breast milk, mm-hmm the relationship that you and your baby have with breastfeeding is not necessarily natural in the beginning. Right. Yes. So do you, as the transition nurse do like lactation help or do you, yes, someone
1: else. So we have like lactation consultants that have gone through, been certified in mm-hmm. it, but they have, I always tell my patients, they have the cushy hours of nine to three. Yeah. they like I never work here. 6 PM to 6 AM. So yes. I don't see them yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, so we have, honestly i feel like it's minimal training mm-hmm. on lactation and breastfeeding help um, a lot of the times i were all able to get baby at least to latch but you can't force a baby to suck mm-hmm. and that's like the most frustrating part mm-hmm. and i have been there i totally get it like i was not successful in breastfeeding my baby mm-hmm. he just a little stinker and mm-hmm. but like i went into it like you did i was like oh i helped women breastfeed this all, the time. all the time Yeah, like I got this like I don't need help I need help mm-hmm. it was just rough Yeah, and I think just more women need to be aware of that yes because no, it's for real. Like, that so conversation hard needs to be had yeah, it's so hard and it's just mentally draining when you're like mm-hmm. I should be able to succeed at this like this is a n- normal yeah. natural thing mm-hmm. like biologically mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do this mm-hmm. and when you can't. You're just – a lot of times women just beat themselves up. I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just sat in
1: my hospital bed and cried because I was yeah. like, I don't want to give him a bottle, but, like, I know he needs to eat. Like, the nurse in me is like, I need to feed my baby. Yes. Right? And, like, every mom. that is best. Yes. And so just having that education. And since then I've tried to educate myself more and mm-hmm. be a better asset to my patients on night shift because You're amazing. some nights I'm like, I just – have no idea what to do to help you, yeah. and I hate that feeling. Yes. I think most nurses are yes. like, when you feel like you can't help someone, like, why am I a nurse? And
0: you're like, I, I'm a <laughs> failure at my job. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I went to school for, right? Yeah.
1: But then I just like push super hard. I'm like, whenever you go to feed baby between the hours of nine and three, get lactation you in here. lactation specialist. Yes, I'm like, yes. if this is something that like you really want, work for it. But if it starts to take a toll on your mental health, this is my other spiel. Like, your mental health is so important. Baby can get nutrients other ways. Yes. Take care of yourself, and baby will be so much better because you're better.
0: Yes, which is also just like so important to be said. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that gets said often enough too, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like casual judgment that goes around, especially surrounding like how you feed your baby. Right. And it's something that like is just really unnecessary and mm-hmm. really hurtful when people often don't like intend to be right. no unkind in any way but like as a newly postpartum mom when you're struggling to do something that like you thought you would be successful at really easily mm-hmm. it just like hits the wrong way it every does. time no matter yes. what you say <laughs> so just like If she's breastfeeding, just give her a hug.
1: That's all. Don't say anything. (laughs) If she chooses not to breastfeed, just give Give her a a hug. hug. (laughs) Don't say anything. (laughs) But for real. Just say, baby's adorable. (laughs) And you're
0: amazing, Mom, because you just birthed this thing.
1: (laughs) Yes. Whether it was vaginally or C-section, moms are just amazing.
0: Just changing the conversation all the time. Like, I'm like, just people just say you're amazing no matter how the baby got here no matter how the baby eats like yes no matter what the picture looks like.
1: Yes. You're amazing.
0: <laughs> That's all. <laughs> okay, well Haley, I'm trying to think like meds, vitals, feeding, anything else?
1: Um I think since I just brought up C sections, I think talking okay. about that would be yes. good and what that means for baby.
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: So at my hospital we have we call it a resuscitation room, which I feel like scares I parents. <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> so I feel like it should be like a transition room. Yeah. But it's just off of the OR where we do C sections on our floor because we have two dedicated ORs in the women's center on labor and delivery. Amazing. So that we don't have to go and downstairs have an and yeah, you go down you the run. hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's never a fun time to see yeah. everyone <laughs> sprinting down the hall. No. But we take care of it. Yes. Um So when babies are born C-section, if they're doing well, they'll go over, show mom, like, oh, look, your baby's so cute, and then they come out to us, and we have respiratory therapy already there with us, Mm -hmm. because a big thing that people don't realize babies need is when they're birthed vaginally, that pressure of the vaginal canal helps open up their lungs, like Mm -hmm. I talked about, clear back in the beginning (laughs) of this. So when they're born via C-section, they don't get that pressure. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they just need a little bit extra help for their lungs, Mm -hmm. and rather than me trying to scramble to make sure I'm doing everything right. We just already have respiratory therapy there. And it takes so much stress and anxiety away from the situation. But we let dad come in with us. And most of the time they're just sitting there like super wide eyed, like what is going on? Like, is my baby okay? Like, this is normal. Like, this is just policy. We're making sure baby's good. Like, you'd rather do it this way than not do it and end up with awful scenarios later on. And a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, baby's screaming. They're good. Like, they don't need help. Mm -hmm. We're just going to weigh baby, do measurements, and then wrap it up and send dad back in the OR with baby so that he can go and sit with mom while they finish everything up. one question
0: there. After the section, like, say baby does come out just, like, screaming their lungs off. Mm -hmm. Do you still send them to the recess room?
1: We do, just to double check. Because we've had experiences where...
0: Where baby looks great and then is not in five minutes. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: like baby's doing fabulous and then it's like absolutely terrifying but then like basically a dead baby. Yeah. And so the doctor's like, Oh yeah, like at one minute the baby was doing great, like the were nice. Yeah. And then like, well when I got baby at three minutes mm-hmm. I barely had a heart rate. Like yeah, and that's crazy. So we like to just be cautious and be as quick as we can. Obviously if mm-hmm. baby's doing great. We don't mm-hmm. even have to really do measurements. We're just like, All right, like we'll take baby back into mom. Yeah. But just be cautious while also respecting that golden hour and mom wanting to see baby she just got cut open yeah and and I
0: think that is another thing and I don't know what the policy at your hospital is Mm -hmm. but um a lot of c-section moms feel like they miss out on that skin to skin Mm -hmm. right at the beginning right after birth right and in my experience like if the baby was healthy and mom was doing well and like not overly nauseous or like right. shaking crazy, you know. Uh-huh. We would lay the baby up on her chest. Yeah. And is that something you do in your OR, or do you wait until they get out of the OR to do skin to skin?
1: So I've never actually been in the OR for a C-section.
0: Oh, really? So you just yeah. wait? In yes. The... Wow. Okay. But I
1: believe that the L and D nurse that's in there, mm-hmm. basically being a circulating nurse at yes. this point, will help unwrap baby and get it skin to skin with mom.
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah. And because we do like. We love the golden hour. We want the skin-to-skin. We want the bonding. Yes. Um, and we just kind of go off of everything's case-by-case with every, every healthcare situation. situation. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we're like, baby's good. Send him back in with dad. And then the L&D nurse and the scrub tech just kind of take over, and they make sure that the parents are happy with how everything's being handled from that standpoint.
0: Amazing. That is, yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I feel like – Especially in situations where a mom wasn't expecting a Mm C-section. You know, obviously scheduled C-sections happen all the time. Yeah. But, like, in an emergency situation, when all of a sudden their birth plan goes out the window and, like, they're thrown into a situation they haven't mentally prepared for. Right. To know that, like, you know, if your baby's doing great, you can still have that Mm skin-to-skin. You can still, like, be communicated with during your birth. Right. Like you can still see the baby right as they come out. Like yes. just ask for a mirror, or ask for a clear drape mm-hmm. or like yeah. there are so many things that you can do just like when you're educated on it mm-hmm. to facilitate a birth situation that would be, you know, more like the one you
1: envisioned. Right. You know, more like the birth plan. Yes. <laughs>
0: Which we talk about that too on here where it's like the birth plan is so beautiful and I Absolutely encourage people to go into birth Mm -hmm. with preferences, yes, and to be informed enough to like say, you know, like I actually probably don't need that, you know, like thanks for offering, but I'm okay, I'm gonna let this like go this way, you know, right? Um, but it's also like so beneficial in being educated because when like things do go out of your control, Mm -hmm. you at least kind of know what to expect, yes, and that can be, you know, just give you the peace of mind that I think
1: Mm -hmm. you need in those moments, yes, and like before I had my baby I was like uh like birth plans like just expect nothing to go the way that you want mm-hmm. like when a mom comes in like here's my printed birth plan where I was like okay You're
0: like sis I really hope this works <laughs>
1: like, yeah exactly but with me I was just like I just want a healthy baby healthy mom yeah but then there's things that happen in my delivery that I was like I never would have consented to that and mm-hmm. I have since switched providers Love that but um I wish I had, like, written down, like, I do not want this, I do not want this, like, I'm okay with this, ask consent for this, like, just specific things, which, like, a lot of women feel like they're being high-maintenance with, but, you know, like, this is part of advocating for yourself, and, like, the nurses might, like, grumble, and be like, oh, my gosh, like, really... But, like, do it for yourself yeah, and do don't care what the nurses say. Yeah, I'm like,
0: if you get a grumbling nurse, just be like, stop being a bum. Yeah, or, like, ask for a
1: different nurse. <laughs> but for real, I'm like,
0: you be high maintenance lady, you are about to birth your baby. <laughs> Seriously,
1: I'm like, this is a big thing. Yeah, no, so honestly. So, do, do, do you, what you want.
0: Do you feel like having worked your job, going into your own birth, like, you had, like, more fears or reservations? Or did you feel like you had more confidence
1: I feel like I was more confident. Hmm. But then like in the actual like labor and delivery, I was like freaking out because he was having like non-reassuring fetal heart tones mm. and I'm like, I can read the strip. I, like, know, like, I, I know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and my nurse is like, So cute. she's like, I'm just gonna put some oxygen on you and I was like, oh, Ugh, no. like I know what this means. <laughs> like yeah. so I'm just like freaking out. My husband's like, Stop looking at the strip, like stop thinking like a nurse, like mm-hmm. just get him here healthy. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, but like I can't shut that off. Yes. Like
0: yeah, which I think that's so
1: real. Yes. In my own two deliveries,
0: I feel like it's almost like a blessing and a curse to know like what's happening yes. because you like feel like you know what's happening, but then yeah. it's also like shiz. I know what's happening.
1: Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like you're you know? so educated. You're like, okay, like I know what we're gonna do, but then you're like, I also know what could happen, yes. and yes. then you start thinking all the what ifs, and yes, so but it's just bittersweet. It is like bittersweet. pros and cons. Yeah.
0: But also, like what you said, I think finding a provider that is in alignment with the things that you want Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Yes. And, like, being able to walk into the situation kind of knowing what could happen. Yes. You know, like, Mm -hmm. for example, with my first birth, I ended up with an episiotomy. Mm -hmm. And I originally did not want an episiotomy. I wanted to just tear naturally because the research behind the healing process is that, like, you heal easier and faster if your skin just tears naturally right but like in the moment my baby was desatting and had been for three contractions and uh-huh. it was just like okay do whatever you need in that moment like mm-hmm. i just want the baby here right and and all like got the me. he came literally two seconds later and yeah. it was fine yeah you know what i mean but that mm-hmm. was something that i like had kind of thought about but in the moment like didn't have that much of a conviction about and was just mm-hmm. like whatever like just do it you know and then when i was healing i was like man yeah i wonder if i had just like
1: not you know right right and i totally get i had an emphysiotomy too okay and like that was the big Mm -hmm. deciding factor for me to change providers because there's a lot of good things that my provider did yes um like i ended up having to do a vacuum assisted delivery because he was just stuck stuck under my pelvic bone stinker and i was like my doctor asked me, he's like, okay, I'm going to do a vacuum. Are you okay with that? Cause like, obviously he knows what, yes. this all, I know what all this means. And I was like, give me one more contraction. Like, let me just see. Yeah. At this point had been like an hour and 15 mm-hmm. minutes of me pushing mm-hmm. like halfway through the second push. I was like, yeah, nope. Like you're <laughs> like,
0: just go. I do not have it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so he asked my consent for that, which I loved. And I yeah, was like, thank amazing. you so much. Like I know the risk associated with that. Like obviously I know so much. Yes. That yes. On the other side people of it, do. You're like, I know. Not know. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then I didn't know that he did an episiotomy mm-hmm. until my husband, because I was like, oh, so like I tore. And he was like, no, he cut you. And I was like, he you're what? Like, Excuse me? <laughs> like, what? Like, I was yes, so upset. And I was wild. like, maybe he just like didn't see right like because yeah. he told me he's like I was trying so hard not to look down there he's like I didn't want to see what's going on yeah. <laughs> <And> yeah, like, <laughs> like, didn't see. yeah so like so like maybe he didn't and then when they did bedside report moving me to postpartum they're like oh yeah second degree episiotomy and I was like, like I'm going like, to lose my mind what? like no yeah and I was like if he had told me the reasoning behind it you know like well, it would have been a given little you bit consent. Like, yeah I'm like, wait. this is a big thing that a lot of women don't know about yeah. And so I think just, like, going and finding a provider that I talked to and I was, like, I had an episiotomy with my first, like, with other babies, I don't want an episiotomy unless absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's outdated. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's just
0: a lot of research now that proves that, like,
1: the way your skin heals is just better if you do it naturally, you know? And better for future deliveries. And so finding a provider that I could talk to and, like, I knew what questions to ask this time around. And so I feel like a lot of women don't know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. But, like, asking friends, asking, like, calling the hospital, calling your doctor and be like, I don't know what to ask, but, like, I need to know everything. Like, it's okay to say you don't know what to ask, but you want to know. (laughs) No,
0: for real. I think opening the conversation during your prenatal appointments Mm -hmm. about, like, things like that, that just you're not sure of, you know? So that when in the moment, like, if they say, hey, I think an episiotomy is necessary, like, Mm You can either say, like, yo, give me another contraction. Let me try. Yeah. Or, like, okay, if that's what's best for baby, like, go for it. Or, like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like... You'll be informed enough to know that you can say yes, no, or maybe, and that's okay. (laughs) Right, right,
1: and you just, like, feel more confident, like, okay, I know that this provider's not, like, an episiotomy happy provider, like, their rate isn't super high, like, they're doing it because they genuinely feel like they need to, or, like, um, like, no, I'd rather tear and risk having a fourth degree or tearing up into my urethra, which sounds Horrible. Oh at I that know. point cut me cut me okay, honestly, I'm like, at that point i would probably take an episiotomy again yes. honestly. but just knowing that you've already talked to your provider about that and you guys you have that trust in whoever is delivering your baby and taking care of you yes
0: i totally agree um well Haley, i think obviously your job is extremely unique yes. not every hospital has your job Yes. they have like a transition nurse which we Mm -hmm. kind of talked about which like that baby nurse will be there for maybe that birth and then she'll go have a delivering patient you know right kind of depends or like for that shift she's the baby nurse but Mm -hmm. like she'll deliver patients another day so your job is so unique in that you get to see so many babies Mm -hmm. and do so many recoveries and literally like just have this amazing skill set I think it's so incredible and to have been able to like hear you just talk about all these things that i feel like parents go into birth so undereducated about i think it's going to be so beneficial for all these women out here that listen to this podcast i hope so i i genuinely (laughs) believe it i really do and i just think in closing if there's like one piece of advice you could give to like new parents coming into a birth oh what would it be
1: (laughs) That's so hard. I feel like there's so many things that I like to tell parents. Or like
0: 15 pieces of advice. Whatever whatever you think
1: a new parent needs to hear. Just, like, take it slow and enjoy the moments that you have, like the three of you or the two of you if you're a single mother, whatever your situation is. Just enjoy your time with your baby and... Like, if you need to tell the nurses, like, I don't want to be bugged for this amount of time, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Just just soak it all in because those fresh newborn couple of days, newborns are technically up until, like, eight weeks. But, like, those first few and days are just so, so special. And, like, especially being, like, the mom, like, when you're holding your baby and, like, you know that, like, they're ear against your chest, they're hearing your heart, and it's just, like, so soothing to them. It's just, like, I'm going to cry it's so special and i just wish more parents would just like slow down and hold off on visitors and just enjoy Mm -hmm. that little family time well you guys whether you gained
0: a little more insight into what feedings mean medications temperature jaundice anything else we talked about today we covered so many things i hope that you and your partner can walk into your birth feeling ready I hope you have peace of mind because now you know what's happening around you and you can feel educated. You can now make decisions in terms of your baby's care. Thank you again to Haley for sharing her knowledge with us, especially after working a night shift. You guys, you do not understand what we owe her for doing that for us. She is amazing. We love you, Haley. Thank you for educating us all. As always, if you aren't already, follow along on Instagram at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode.